0: podcast my name is David and that guy's name is Zach Zach that's that guy and um, we again we are the um, we're the we're the Star Trek number one Star Trek podcast maybe not on the on the boards yet but definitely in our own hearts <clears throat> in our hearts and yours that's right and um, if you haven't listened to us before we're trekking through every episode of the Star Trek uh, franchise by Stardate, one episode at a time. And today's right. episode is uh, we're reviewing Enterprise uh, Season 1, Episode 9, and the episode name is Civilization.
1: Yeah, Stardate 731215.1. 1, 1. Uh, fandom synopsis. During a morning briefing detailing possible phenomena for Enterprise NX-01 to visit, DePaul (laughs) mentions two stellar phenomena nearby. Mildly impressed, Archer asks her to continue. Tucker chimes in to mention an M-class planet on the course with 500 million life signs. Excited, Archer takes Enterprise into orbit around (laughs) the planet.
0: I think any time you mention Archer, you can say excited beforehand. He's (laughs) He's like a puppy he's just jazzed to be out in space and so they do they do set course for this planet and while in orbit they discover that the society the society is is quite large humanoids and also pre-warp um interestingly though enterprise also discovers that um there are neutrino emissions coming from one of the bigger cities and that's in the indicative of advanced technology being present on the mm-hmm. planet which is kinda incongruent with um maybe the level of development of the society.
1: Yeah, I think when they when they show up in like view on the view screen they you know, Archer, zoom in. Zoom in. Uh <laughs> do you see that they're like Renaissance era? Yeah. yeah. The Renaissance era people, and so to have a barrier of like neutrino emission, then they try to scan it, and they're like, "We can't." There's definitely yeah. some
0: down there, though. This uh, definitely doesn't match the the whole cloak look that they got going on down there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a you know it's an ancient society when when cloaks are still in. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways, so Dad des- decides, Archer decides um, he's going to get a crack team together and go down to the planet and find out what the hell is going on down there. And
1: this is uh, this episode is basically the basis for the Prime Directive. Yes, um, you know, despite well, so I'm going to jump right to the end. Go for so it. we understand that you know, in an effort to not break the prime directive of influencing the society, you know, they need to find a way to fix it so that this other person here who is clearly breaking the prime directive, in, a, in an effort to fix that, but Archer, dad, falls in love, <laughs> sort of, with a woman, and then reveals the secrets of where he's from in his future, and so he breaks the prime directive rule in mm-hmm. this first bout in an instance of the Prime Directive, and so it's kind of an interesting—it's a real tale of the tape for Enterprise because it's the first voyage, you know.
0: Yeah, and their first interaction with humanoids that have previously been uncontacted. Um, Did I lose you. Hello, hello, hello. Are you are you still there? Hello, hello, hello. What happened.
1: Yeah. It's picking up.
0: Is it picking me up? There we go. Talk. Hello, hello. Hello. Can you hear me?
1: I can hear you now. Uh, okay. Can uh-huh. you not see me? I'm getting a poor connection notice. Hmm. So we'll, def- we'll definitely use your recording. Okay. It's working better now. Let's give it... And we're fixed. Let's give it another clap for Midway. Okay. One, two...
0: The floor is yours. Okay. So we had some minor technical difficulties there. <laughs> Zach and I are recording in two different places, um, which is why we do the whole Skype session. Um do you remember where we left off? No. Yes.
1: <laughs> Is it My still concern? bad? Look. Yes. Oh, okay. It's getting it. It fixed itself. You tell your dad to get off the porn.
0: <laughs> My connection seems fine.
1: I'm sure it's mine. It's very windy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Continue.
0: So can you still can you see me? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah,
1: I can see okay. and hear you. You're good.
0: Okay. Should we give it one more clap? Yes. One. Okay. Two. Okay. Apologies for that. We had some technical difficulties. Um, hmm. Zach and I record at two different places. Um, we're long-distance lovers, friends, things of that nature.
1: Um, One
0: galaxy to another. That's right. <laughs> Zach's in the Delta Quadrant. Mm-hmm. I'm in the Gamma. Anyways, um, so where, we, where did we last leave off? So they get down to the planet, mm-hmm. and um, they find that the neutrino emissions are coming from a shop in the middle of the city and it's a curio shop which i didn't know what a curio shop was before, prior to this episode <laughs> but basically it's a shop of curiosities
1: <laughs> oh
0: uh, <coughs> a la harry potter there you go yeah a la maybe you know that that shop that harry potter goes into in mm-hmm. harry potter uh in diagon diagon alley um with weird uh, mirrors and closets and things like that. Mm. This guy's got trinkets and masks and things. Anyways, um, they find out that Garos, the guy who owns the shop, he's actually not native to the planet. He's a Malurian.
1: Yeah, they tricorder and, his ass, and he's definitely not the same as the other people.
0: Yeah, he's he's different. Um, and he confesses that he's operating a large-scale fabricator which produces food and water he says allegedly mm. um it turns out to be a lie of course um motherfucker yeah you can't you can't um trust you those malurians as yeah, sh- i'm telling you those <laughs> malurians <laughs> um this is actually the first appearance appearance of the malurians and i think the first of of two apparent appearances in the entire canon They're actually from the original series. Huh. Yeah. Did you know that?
1: No, it's not even in my little continuity.
0: Oh, I thought you would know that. This guy. (laughs) (laughs) I did my research for once. (laughs) Good Lord.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, I don't have that. I mean, I've got a continuity wise that uh, T'Pol makes a reference to a first contact protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, shows the first time chronologically When a chief medical officer Performs a cosmetic procedure <laughs> Yeah <clears throat> And the episode contains the first reference To Tellarites and Enterprise mm-hmm. Who will later become a big part of the show Right uh, And of course DePaul has to hide her Vulcan ears um, Yeah That's it That's all I got continuity wise It's pretty interesting
0: Yeah So take that for what it's worth so basically, long story short, they find out he's lying. Um, it's not a fabricator he has going on in his shop of curiosities. It's actually a, it's a mining facility, and they're mining something called, um, where is it here? It's called viridium. It's an isotope of the mineral called viridium. And a byproduct mm. of the mining process um, is a chemical called tetracyanate-622, and it's highly toxic, and it's water-soluble and um again long story short they end up teleporting some of the mining equipment into space disabling a millerian ship that shows up oh
1: yeah that's right yeah
0: (laughs) and um they save the day they they they, uh teleport a uh cheer down to the surface and archer says hey we'll watch over you and he gets back on his steed and <laughs> Clip clops back into the galaxy. Yeah, of course, fun and frivolity. Of course, you know. I mean, fun episode. It,
1: there's yeah. a lot, of, a lot of trust going on uh, with, uh, with the with the love interest there. Definitely. I'm actually from space, baby. <laughs> you know, um, you know. So this is uh, an episode that was filmed actually on nine eleven. Really. Yeah. And um Wow <clears throat> It's also one of the uh <clears throat> more fisticuff versions of an episode with Bacula. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of fist fighting. That's We're right. letting Dad get out there and uh
0: punch Shoot guns. Punches space liberals. <laughs> <laughs> he's shooting guns, he's romancing women, he's on every level. Mm-hmm. Um there was a quote that I liked in this episode and, um, you know, they're, they're deciding on where to land on the planet. And, uh, to Paul's suggests that they land out in kind of a remote area where it's more rural mm-hmm. and uh, archer remarks, huh, this must be why aliens always land in cornfields. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little crop circle for you. Yeah. <laughs> Which brings up an interesting point. Um, <clears throat> I was listening, I was listening to Michio Kaku, um, talk about okay. aliens one day he's a, a physicist futurist yeah yeah that guy um and he was talking about um the more most likely place that aliens would would land mm-hmm. and leave like clues for us to to find them and he was saying that the most likely place for aliens to land would be on the moon actually because um, basically we wouldn't be interesting enough until we colonized the moon and 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 basically became a planetary society mm-hmm. and started colonizing the other planets and and moons and sub-planets in our in our solar system. Yeah. Um, and that's when, you know, things would would get interesting. And that kind of makes sense because that that's basically what happens in Star Trek, you know, we develop warp technology and all of a sudden mm-hmm. there the Vulcans are ready to yeah. help out. Um so uh I, I, I just connected the dots on that one. I thought it was an interesting, small little comment, but interesting implications.
1: You yeah, know, I think that's a great anecdote. I mean, I, <clears throat> I forget the civilization like scale, but mm-hmm. you have to be interplanetary to be of any use on a galactic like scale, right? And so, you know, I think that really puts the head on the donkey.
0: Yes, definitely. Puts the tail on the on the, on the nail. There you
1: yep. go. Yeah, um <clears throat> you know, I have a theory. Today was the day that we were recording this is when did you see the black hole image? I did, yeah. Super dope.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I maintain I was hoping you'd bring that up.
1: <clears throat> I maintain that in order for warp drive to be a thing in mm-hmm. our time, we must harness black holes. yeah. Because black holes warp time and space. And so there's got to be some sort of way that we can take that yeah, and use it. And so, actually seeing what a black hole looks like in the world, I mean, in the galaxy, is pretty
0: it's yeah. fucking monumental. That's uh, interesting that you mention that, because to link it back to Michio Kaku again, in the same... So basically... Uh, um what i was referencing earlier i heard him talking about all this in an interview Mm -hmm. and he also talked about space travel in the interview and he was saying that um space travel in the future if it's going to be feasible basically we if you if you view space as kind of like a map what we would have to do is basically crumple up the map so that the, the the space between a and b gets shorter Exactly like that, yeah. Exactly yeah. like that. It's a wrinkle um, in time. Yeah, and so I think you're. I think you're totally right. I think that's that's the key to um, developing feasible space travel. I
1: couldn't. I couldn't agree more. You know, because in a black hole, at the event horizon, if this is the down port and this is the mm-hmm. event horizon, if you get caught here in the mm-hmm. event horizon, and I was watching you get caught there. I would see you frozen in time, but you would already be down, ripped apart, and sucked into the black hole, but <sighs> you would be stuck right here in that final position until you until enough time would go away the, all of your atoms would disappear, interesting, down.
0: yeah, and Pe- so kind of like a slow mo version of what happens in the Avengers, sure, yeah, <laughs> <coughs> or everybody just kind of trickles away. <laughs> Or
1: uh, when the ships in Star Trek hit warp and it shoots off, mm-hmm. and then you see that image sort of go like that. Mm-hmm. You get that, that trail. Right. It's kind of like the inverse of the black hole and the event horizon. Interesting. I have a feeling they were up on their uh, science.
0: Yeah. Either they happened on it or they knew it, but... Well, that, I mean... If, that was, if that's the case, then, like, I mean, imagine if we have, like, tiny black holes inside of spaceships, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get into space battles, like, it would almost be, it would be, like, a risk to try and blow up our ships. Because if you blow up our ship, it would just create a giant <laughs> black hole and everybody yeah. would just get sucked in. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean... Kind of reminds me of nuclear power a little bit, you know, how there's an Mm. inherent risk in in having it. Because if it melts down or if it blows up, it's catastrophic. And, you know, maybe that maybe that is the case. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, at the Large Hadron Collider, Mm -hmm. they're now uh, practicing or not practicing, but testing, creating mini black holes. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Some people in the science community are like, what? Yeah. You can't do that, because like you know the the logarithmic scale or whatever is like mm-hmm. if you have a black hole this big, it would definitely envelop my
0: block. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so. Why well, I've heard an argue, I heard uh, I think probably was even Michio Kaku in the same interview again. Yeah. Talking about the 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 collider and um, he said that um, actually black holes. Do exist like like tiny you know microscopic black holes already exist and that's basically what they're trying to recreate mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know but all it would take is an oopsie and all of a sudden you know <laughs> our our planet fragments into fragments until into just an infinite amount of tiny mm-hmm. little particles and we're all dead yeah whatever but you know maybe that is preferable who knows
1: i uh I have a standing order. I don't know if I've actually told you this, but I have a standing order that if I'm terminal, mm-hmm. um, and we have the capability, I want to get shot at a black hole. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I want to go. If I like have a way to go, I want to know, man. I need to know what the fuck is down there. Yeah. Um. You know who knows.
0: Yeah, I'm sure I mean, I'll get
1: ripped apart in some fucking gruesome horrific accident but yeah. <laughs> I'll be 80 and have a GoPro in my head and it'll definitely yeah. be worth it
0: <laughs> A GoPro <laughs> Live streaming back, you know Yeah <laughs> um, That's really funny um, On the topic of theories as well um, mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the one of the things that happens in this episode is is basically there's a there's an illness, there's an epidemic that's spread throughout this little area because of the tetracyanate being pumped into the water. And, you know, these people have little blisters and things on their face, right? Mm-hmm. What if, and this is um, just me theorizing, what if back in the day, you know how syphilis and, like, the Black Plague was, like, really big? Mm-hmm. You know, back in, like, the, the 1600s, 1500s and all that shit? I feel like what I you were going. Yeah, what if that was the cause of aliens, bro? <laughs> you know? And what if we never really cured it? What if they just left because they harvested all the viridium ore out of our planet? <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd be back.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <clears throat> I think that's pretty good. You know, maybe... Yeah. uh I think if you could map the building of like Stonehenge or the pyramids to the same mm-hmm. time. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all
0: the way there. Okay. <laughs> I, had a, I had a feeling you'd be in on it. I'm definitely in on it. But okay, so, you know, in this episode, you know, they give they give the Apothecary uh, Rianne, or Rianne, whatever her name is. They give her the cure right for this illness. And so supposedly or you know just as a thought experiment let's say after the enterprise leaves she comes out and says hey i have this cure right and she (laughs) becomes a great you know hero in her civilizations you know she's 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 like the inventor of the blue cross or the inventor of the red cross you know Mm -hmm. um but what if it's i mean you know it's like we have we have kind of those myths here you know like the guy who invented uh you know who found uh, penicillin on some bread mold yeah what if he really got that technology from the aliens and he never really cured anything because the aliens went away you know
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah Thoughts? so bullshit you know yeah this is a good thought experiment <laughs> so bullshit and you know what if now you know what it, they all say you know Oh, parents aren't vaccinating their kids. Yada, yada. right? What if there's actually aliens in like LA and New York that are giving people the measles again, right? That seems more plausible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting a little abstract with it. Oh I'm my sorry. God, we got it well, there's
1: a whole There's a whole conversation that can be had here. Um, on topic of theories, yeah, as well. Didn't this feel like a Riker
0: episode? Totally, it totally did. You know, <laughs> <laughs> go go somewhere, romance the women, and mm-hmm. I'm See the, the yeah See you guys.
1: Fucking Riker.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah,
0: you know, I, I this was a good episode through and through. Yeah, tangents aside, this was a really. Mm-hmm. A really good episode i liked it a lot solid plot line you know fun to watch mm-hmm.
1: and you know i don't know i mean like things like where to plays captain in the ship like she's one hell of a captain she really is you know and it's it was a classic alien abduction story yeah you know and then there's like <laughs> you know archer saying you know well there's a lot of planets to see with my starship it's like <laughs> all right dude did you just raise your truck up you know and get fucking <laughs> 40 inch rims on that bitch too famous put put his american strap flag. on his back yeah yeah you put
0: the american flag on the back <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, and, uh, you know, when he kisses her, she can't hear the beeps from his tricorder. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a lot of like Star Trek tropey shit in
0: this. Yeah, but it is. was just good. And it's and the, fun. The, the classic let's teleport something into space and blow it up and that'll help, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which it does. And it's cunning, too. It's really smart, you know, mm-hmm. um, overall, though, I really I do. I did enjoy this episode. Yeah.
1: Well uh did you have anything further?
0: No, that's about it.
1: Alright. Well thank you for listening
0: and putting up with my uh scratchy sick voice here. Zach's a little under the weather. He's been drinking some water with some tetracyanate six twenty two in it. Um that's mm-hmm. alright. We're solving that problem one day at a time.
1: You know, if I could get like a hypo spray with a <laughs> <laughs> You're fixed Like My guy um, But yeah You can check us out All major platforms We're on Patreon We're on YouTube
0: We're on Instagram Instagram We're everywhere baby That's right Check us out And uh, yeah Search the Stark community Take care of yourself